the rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength the rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. My God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong deliverer.
PowerPoint, um, and I'll read it. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? <laughs> Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must, we do, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that, that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. What beautiful music that was, and what a beautiful God we serve, and what beautiful people you are as children of God. And this morning, I would also like to share something very beautiful that is coming soon, but before we do that, can the deacons please come forward if you are ready? Our lovely deacons will now proceed to pass out to you our church building fund pledge. And if there are children in here as well who want to contribute in any way they want to, please do not hinder them. Give them a copy as well. But as you're receiving this, it is my privilege to officially unveil to you something beautiful that is coming soon. May we turn to the first picture, please. What you see up there right now, this is our official church blueprint in the EM Sanctuary. As you can see, we have the sanctuary on the top box, and at the bottom, that pretty much takes up about half or more than half of that, is our children's wing. 
Now, when I first saw these blueprints a couple months ago, my heart was very touched because through these blueprints, I was able to know with confidence that our church is entirely committed to the future of our children. Can I get an amen? <laughs> and in this picture is a zoom up of our upcoming children's wing education center. Um, there, will be, uh, there will be a couple rooms for the youth and four classrooms for our children. And we are very excited. Can I get a next picture, please? You see, these are some sample renderings of just what could be our future children's classrooms. And so far, all of us have had a difficulty transitioning with our church being sold and with the classrooms being restricted. But with our new church, I hope that you can share the excitement with me that not only can we boost up the quality of our Sabbath school through better lessons, um, better teachers, and, and more training, but also through a whole new atmosphere created for our children. We want church and Sabbath school to be a place where they are excited to come to learn about Jesus, and that church can finally become a home for them, where they are just eager to wait and come to every week. So we thank you for making this possible. And with that, I will pass the mic to you. Thank you, Pastor Jenny. Uh, I have the privilege to uh, briefly talk about the youth chapel and uh, where the playground is going to be. Yes, Pastor Jenny, it is, a lot of it is for children, but youth get a part of it too. <laughs> yeah, and also going to give you instructions on the pledge uh, paper itself. So that's the outside view, um, looking from, yeah, looking out to in, that's where the youth chapel is going to be. Uh, and also it's where the playground is going to be, on the, right next to it. Um, so it's twice the size of our current youth chapel right now. And youth, when we talked about this, we were super excited. And uh, we actually had a time to sit down together and talk about what we wanted to fill in there, put in there, how we want the place to be. And we talked about putting chairs, sofas, beanbags, microwave, whiteboard, all these stuff. But most importantly, uh, we want to fill this place with youth. We want to uh, fill this place with the Holy Spirit uh, for a place to be a time of fellowship, a place of fellowship and worship. And so we ask that uh, you pray for us. Uh, can you keep on passing to the... That's the inside, uh, what it looks like. It's currently being built right now. So I took pictures of this this week. So it's the most recent, I think. Yeah, so still coming up, but you can actually see the physical structure of it. Um, that's the outside view. It's gorgeous, where the mountain is. Right, and it's also where the playground is going to be built on the outside. And, yep, that's where we want to fill the youth with. So, um, are all the papers handed out now? So, I'm going to give a very brief instructions on the pledge paper itself. Uh, if you guys can take a look at it, on the right side is where you write down the amount uh, that you wish to commit to uh, for our church. And um, it is a three-year ongoing pledge um, that we are planning to have. And on the left side is where, if you wish to, you may uh, check and write where you want your commitment to go towards. And so uh, if you look at it, there's different uh, places, main sanctuary, EM sanctuary, chairs, classrooms, audiovisual systems, playground budget, kitchen, Fellowship Hall, and so, you know, we're very transparent. Uh, we want you to talk to your families, your friends, and see where your interests are, and um, commit to the place that you're going to be utilizing, a place that your children will be utilizing, a place that perhaps your grandchildren will benefit from. So at this time, we ask that um, you write down and you make a commitment, and when you're finished, at the end, uh, you may turn it into the offertory basket. Happy Sabbath. It's a tag team of all three pastors this morning. Um, I have really great news to share with you. Um, we started this um, church building pledge uh, in December. Just within the month of December, our church, this EM, we raised $82,000. So just in three weeks, we raised $82,000. We only have a few more to go. 
right? Um, so, and not only that, um, we're going to move in this summer. So my goal is actually to move in there and have our vacation Bible school in the new church this year. So it's going to be awesome and great. About, about four years ago, about four years ago, I received a letter, and there was a check in the letter. So I got really excited. You know, when you get a letter and you, there's a check in there, it's like, yes! Looked at it. Payable to Loma Linda Korean Church. I'm like, ah, oh, it's for the church. And then there was a note. And when I read that note, I almost cried. Okay? The note said, Pastor Richard, um, I have committed a pledge when I was a student in Loma, Loma Linda and I never got to finish it. So here's a check to complete my pledge to Loma Linda Church Building. So this was our first church building fund. This girl, when she was a medical school student here in Loma Linda Church, at that time, we didn't have anything, no pictures to show what we're going to build. She committed to it, and when she started a, a residency in Midwest somewhere, when she was working there, at the end of the year in December, she sent me a check to pay for what she had committed for our church building. Normally in the church, that's how we're going to build this church. We can't build it without making sacrifice. Some of us maybe need to um, go out less. Some of us maybe need to go out less of Starbucks you know, to commit to this. But what we want is we need everyone to participate. That is how we're going to finish this church building project. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for these wonderful people and wonderful students and wonderful children we have in this church, Father. I pray that you work, work within the hearts of everyone here so that we can participate in this pledge. Now, Lord, with joyful heart, as we open the Bible, open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Jesus kind of became a new sensation in Israel. It would be like having a million uh, subscribers as a YouTuber or a million followers in, uh, on Twitter or Instagram. Okay? He was like a new sensation in Israel. The thing is, he like healed people. He healed people. The uncle who used to be on a wheelchair, now he's walking, right? The neighborhood kid, we thought we're gonna, the kid was going to die. Now he's playing outside. So everyone wanted to see this guy named Jesus, and a huge crowd followed him. They're like, what's he going to do next? Huh? Maybe, maybe he can drive out the Romans. And we may be free. We can be free. The Jews became excited and hopeful. You see, Jesus brought hope to the oppressed, ill-stricken, helpless, and hopeless Jews. One day Jesus was hanging out with his disciples on a hillside, okay? And um, it was nearly time for the feast of Passover, which means it was like a holiday season for, holiday season for, for, for the Jews. Um, then Jesus looked out and saw a huge crowd coming to him, okay? And then he, he said to Philip, Hey, Phil. Do you have money to buy bread for everyone here? And Philip said, Jesus, we have like 200 silver, but that's not nearly enough to feed everyone. Not even one small piece for everyone who's here. And then one of the disciples, Andrew, said, 
Jesus, I found, I found a boy here who has five, bar- five barley loaves of bread and, and fish. And I'm thinking, Andrew, dude, leave that child alone, man. Why are you? That's his lunch, right? You know the story. Jesus fed thousands of people that day with just five loaves of bread and two fish. Okay? And then the people thought, well, um, now, that, now that they're full, right, from eating, wow, this guy, this Jesus, he, he may be a prophet. Okay? He may be a prophet. He came to save us. He's the one. He's the one who's going to drive out the Romans. We can be free. They wanted to crown him as a king. They, they went all crazy on him, right? Jesus had to run away from the crowd. Uh, Jesus tells the disciples, hey, take that boat and you guys, you guys go on first, okay? And then Jesus actually disappears from everyone. And the crowd looks at the boat and like, oh, Jesus is going somewhere. And they thought they couldn't find Jesus anymore. But later, what happens is Jesus actually was not on the boat. And... Um, Jesus saw the boat about three or fouls out from the shore, and he goes, mm, I'm just going to walk there. So Jesus actually walks on water, casually walking right by the boat, and peop- the disciples on the boat, they freak out seeing Jesus. I can do a whole series on Jesus walking on water, right? But that's not what I want to talk about today. What happens is the next day, the crowd was left behind, but they realized that, oh, wait a minute. Jesus actually was not on the boat, um, but now he's on the other side. Hey, um, gather up all the boats. So all this crowd, they got on whatever boats they could find, and they chased after Jesus. Okay? And all this happened in John chapter 6. Now we're going to look at verse 25. Now all these people, they chased after Jesus. They came and the next day they're like, oh, finally, Jesus, we found you. Verse 25, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, verse 26, very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves of bread, and you had your fill. When one of my daughters, because I cannot say their names, was very little, she was like a like year and a half or maybe two, um, I was having a meeting, like a board meeting kind of, in, like with the youth in, in, my, in my house, um, and this baby, one and a half year old baby, was eating in the kitchen, and I was having the meeting, and she actually walks towards me, and then she hugs. I was leading the meeting, and then she comes and she hugs me. And everyone's like, oh, Pastor, your, your daughter loves. They couldn't even finish the sentence, and as soon as she hugged me, she went ahead and, and wiped her mouth on my shirt. She's like, she wiped it. And now you probably can guess who that was, right? She didn't have any intention to come and hug me. She just came to wipe her mouth on my shirt. Okay? You know, I should have known because, you know, at the time when my girls were young, uh, they, they, just, they just thought of me as a Ajashi who lived in the same house. You know what I mean? It's like they're, it's them, them and the mom and there's an Ajashi who lives in the same house. So I should have known that she just came to wipe her mouth on me. Jesus is saying, you're looking for me only because I gave you food. You have no interest in understanding what I'm about to teach, what I'm about. You, you have no interest in understanding who I am. You came to me because I gave you bread. And you probably came because you want more bread, huh? 
What does the bread represent here? You've heard the expression breadwinner. What does that mean? Does it mean you, you go to like some kind of game and then you win and you win bread? No. Breadwinner means, uh, bread means it, the, the bread represents money, right? Bread represents my earthly needs and wants. We need it. I mean, we, we have to eat to survive, to live, okay? Just like money, we need it to live our lives. And some of us love bread or food more than others, okay? You know what I'm talking about. I'm hearing that the little kids in our church are catching on. Apparently, some kids in our church are telling their parents that Pastor Richard talks about food all the time. (laughs) So when I talk about food in my sermon, apparently they look at each other and go, and they giggle. Yes, I love food, but there are more important things in life than food. Amen? Yeah. There are more, way more important things in life than bread or money. There are more, way more important things in life than my security, my career, my things. Verse 27. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal on approval. What is Jesus saying here? The things in this life, the physical world, will burn or will spoil. That's what Jesus is saying. So Jesus is saying, why are you chasing after the things of this world? Why are you here for just for the bread I just gave you? Why do you spend so much time and energy chasing after the things of this world and not of the eternal world? Don't you know that the Son of Man, Jesus, can give you the eternal Life, the eternal world. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. The seal here means authentication, okay? It's the same word, the same seal was used in throughout the whole revelation, the seal. It represents God. When God seals it, he's saying, this is me. And Jesus saying, I am God. I am Son of God. I am God. You want the bread when I am the Son of God? Verse 28, Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works of God requires? Jesus answered, verse 29, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Okay? Jesus, so what do you want us to do? What do you want me to do? Then Jesus said, you have only one thing that I want you to do, and that is believe in me. Believe in me. I am it. I am God. This is it. Jesus makes it clear and simple. But these silly people didn't get it. They missed the point entirely. Look at this, verse 30. So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. You can search for all that you desire in this world. You can chase after other things in this life. Sorry to spoil it for you, but 
they will spoil for you. Did you see how it gets? Yeah. Sorry to spoil it for you, but they will spoil it for you. Anyway, um, Jesus says, I have the eternal life. I'm it. But they totally missed the point. Man, um, these people are so distracted. They say, well, why don't you give us more sign? They just ate, like yesterday, okay, the bread and fish, okay? But they're like, what, what more signs should we look for? Like, what else can you do for us so that we would believe? Because uh, Moses fed the Israelites, they ate manna. Did you notice how they go back to the whole food thing? It's like, really? It's like, are you really going back there and talk about food again? Are you really just stuck with the bread again? You know, these Israelites, you know what they're thinking? They're still thinking about the bread and the fish they ate yesterday for lunch. And Jesus has to bring them back. Okay? They're, they're, they're missing the point. It's like someone asked you how the church was, and then you answer, oh, we ate rice and tubu for potluck. How's church? Oh, potluck was exactly the same. It was came and rice again. I bet it's rice and tubu today. But let's not get distracted here, okay? It's like calling Jesus a prophet or a great teacher. It's like calling Jesus, yes, you are a really good teacher, Jesus. You, you, you are a prophet, Jesus. Teach us some more. Show us some more signs. Give me some more bread. Jesus says, what? I came to give you the eternal life. I am it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then people come and say, can I have some more bread and fish? Verse 32. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Do you realize that it was God? That's what Jesus is saying. Do you realize it was God who gave manna? Not, not Moses. Moses did not produce anything. It was God. And God, same God is giving you something better than manna. Okay? It's like God is holding on to this key to the car, okay? And then we're like, can we have that toy car? I really had fun with it when I was five years old. See what I'm saying? And Jesus continues, it is God who gives life to the world. You know, we forget that, right? We, we forget that because we... We get the things that sustain our lives for free, like such as air, you know, you know, it's free. You know this. Without it, we'll die, but we get it for free. So we kind of, yeah, we forget that God provides it for us. Um, we get time. So we just live. Or maybe we just, we're just so busy that we don't realize it. The things that sustain our lives are from God all the time. Then in verse 35, Jesus doesn't say it. He declares it, okay? Jesus declares in verse 35. He says this, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry again. I am the bread of life. I am it. Lomar in the church, you know, you know what we do? You know what we do? 
we just tell Jesus, Jesus, I, I don't know about the eternal life. I don't know about heaven and all that, but just, just give, me, give me what I want now. Give me what I want and need now. Just give me some bread. Okay? Then I'll be all right. Okay? Jesus, uh, I don't know about this whole eternal life thing, but just bless me. Just bless me on this earth. Just give me health and wealth. We really need to think about this. When we, when we come to God and when we come to Jesus and when we come in our prayers, do we really want the eternal things and do we just want our health and wealth? As long as you give me health or as long as you give me wealth, I am good. That's what we do with Jesus. You know what we want? We want just a little bit of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? We just want a little bit of Jesus. Okay? It's like, um, life is complicated. Uh, I, probably need, uh, I probably need a religion to, to balance things in my life. Um, so, you know, like, I, I, I need a little bit of Jesus in my life. I, I understand it right? It's like, I'm thinking about having kids, I need to get married, um, you know, uh, it's probably good for my kids to go to church too. It keeps me in check to make better decisions in my life. Uh, so we can, we, can, we can add a little bit of Jesus. My parents will be happy. My grandparents will be really proud of me. It'll be great. Jesus says here that uh, that's not going to work. He says, no, that's not going to work. I cannot be a part of your life. I cannot be just a part of your life. I cannot be just bread, just like the bread that you ate this morning. He, he cannot be that in your life. I must become your bread of life. Not, I, I just need to add a little bit of Jesus, but all that I need is Jesus. You see, a lot of people are attracted to Jesus. They are. A lot of people are like, Jesus is good, you know. Yeah. They're attracted to Jesus, but very few are willing to follow. Jesus. That's what we see in today's passage. There are a lot of people today who want something from Jesus and they're okay with Jesus. But to actually follow him and be all in is rare. So here's a question, Lomal, in the church. What is Jesus worth to you? There was a man who thought Jesus was worth 30 silver coins. There was a man who thought Jesus was worth 30 silver coins. He was willing to trade Jesus with 30 pieces of silver. And everyone's thinking, how much is 30 pieces of silver in our day? You know that you can Google it right away, right? I don't want you to ever Google 30 pieces of silver ever. You know why? Because that 30 pieces of silver can be worth anything and everything to everyone here. What is your 30 pieces of silver, 
normal in the church. What are you willing to get to trade Jesus? What are you willing to get to give up Jesus? What are you willing to get to abandon God? What is it going to be? You know, Judas did that, right? For you, what is your price? What is 30 pieces of silver to you? A woman? Or is it a man? You know, not just a woman. Or not just a man, that man, right? Oh, if I can have that man, I'll give up anything. Right? Or, or that car is what it is? Or that house? Oh, or the children, right? The children. Or is it the dream job? Or is it that lifestyle? Is it success? If, we can, if I can have the success, then am I willing to give up Jesus? Is that it? Is that your 30 pieces of gold? I mean silver, not even gold. Silver. Is it science? Because, because science makes sense, right? Science makes more sense than the Bible, so is that what you're going to trade Jesus for? Normal in the church, this can happen to any of us, okay? And this scares me. So listen. This scares me. One day, you are going to hold that thing that you wanted and cherished and you chased after. And then you look at it and it is a bag of silver. Let's not do that, Lomal, in the church. You know, when I look at the story of Judas, it's a, it's a really sad story. It bothers me so much because Judas was one of the 12 disciples. He followed Jesus, but maybe he followed Jesus for, for the wrong reason. In fact, he never really followed Jesus at all, if you think about it. Judas may have been just there to eat the bread, but not the bread of life. Loma Linda Church, we need to search our hearts today because you are here. I know, I'm really thankful that you are here. But we need to search our hearts and see why I am here. What is my bread that I'm asking for? Or do I truly want the bread of life? Amen? So this week, from Sunday through Wednesday, I was, at, I was up at Pine Springs Ranch, PSR. The whole week, you know what I did the whole week? I just prayed and read the Bible and prayed, read the Bible and prayed, read the Bible and took some nap and then prayed and read the Bible and take a nap and then pray. That's all I did the whole week. Oh, it was wonderful. Just wonderful. And I studied John chapter 6. And then I was looking at this whole this valley of trees and burnt trees because there was a fire a couple of years ago. And I'm looking at this, I'm going, what do I want? Am I am I Am I willing to trade Jesus for anything? What I really want. And I was reading John chapter 6. I'm like, Jesus, you are everything that I want. I don't want to trade for anything. I just want to live for the bread, the bread of life. We need to start from there. And Voskamp, well, you know, um, I don't know who she is actually, 
Ann Boscombe. Actually, um, I have no idea who, who she is, but I saw her quote, and I'm like, oh, I have to share this. I have to share this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish today's message with her, with her quote. Apparently, she wrote some books, so I'm going to start reading her books now. It's like beautiful, oh, so beautiful. So here it is, the quote from her. You ready? Don't read it yet. Okay, read it with me, okay? Here, I'm, I'm going to read it for you. The good things in life are not so much health, but holiness. Not so much riches in this world, but relationship with God. Not so much our plans, but His presence. And He withholds no good thing from us because the greatest things aren't even things. He doesn't withhold Jesus from you. Christ is all your good, and He is all yours, and this is always all your miracle. Let us pray. Father, thank you so 